0: Welcome to Planet Noun, where it's all about the people, places, things, and ideas that teach us, prompt us to make a difference, and do more with what life presents. And today's guest on Planet Noun,
1: Jay Harriet.
0: Now, Jay founded an organization called The 25th Project, which consistently seeks to help homeless people throughout the year. We met through my job, and I've interviewed him for work stories a couple of times and wanted to talk a bit more with him about his story. Like how his organization got started, that's pretty simple. It started with one meal from one restaurant and a bit of sharing. We're gonna start from the beginning. We met up with Jay at a restaurant in Maryland, so there's a little background ambiance there. Keep on listening for more with Jay Harriet, founder of the 25th Project, right here on Planet Now.
1: So 2000, and 2001, got separated and uh, separated from my ex-wife and kids were small. I had a miserable Thanksgiving and Christmas in 2001. In 2002, I was working, had uh, run five miles, met at my desk working, getting hungry. Football starts at four. I gotta do something. And so I went to Boston Market, and they had a meal for eight. And so I bought the meal for eight, and I said, hey, can I have a few plates? And they were like, you bought eight, take eight. So I went over there, and I went to the back of my truck, and I cobbled out the meals for eight folks, and I drove downtown to D.C. and found some homeless guys that were sitting around, asked them if they had Thanksgiving, and they said no, I said well then let's have Thanksgiving. And so that's how we started, And, and I just did Thanksgiving and Christmas every year for seven or eight years. 2007 I was overseas working, so I didn't do it then, but every other year I did it. And then the name, The 25th Project, came up because August of 2010, Uh, I was looking at the calendar, who's going to have the kids on what particular day, Thanksgiving or Christmas, and Thanksgiving fell on the 25th. Christmas is the 25th. And my old boss and mentor said, if you don't have a date on the wall, nothing gets done. And so the 25th was my day. I do IT work. I said, let's figure it out. Let's call it the 25th Project. And so that's what we call it, the 25th Project. So the 25th, on every month, we go out and do stuff with the homeless.
0: Let's go back to that that first Thanksgiving day.
1: Okay. You
0: said you were having a, you know, it was basically a rough patch sure. in your life. Yeah. And um, did you did you want to just share something with someone else, to just have a moment of peace? Like, what were some of the emotions that got you to that Boston market? It,
1: one, yeah, it's been a pretty dark place, and going through a separation divorce can send a lot of people into a different place for sure and so I went and it was just a bad place and I thought if I just go help somebody else out and go help them that'll make my day better and and I do that today I try to every day try to help somebody else out whether it's a text message or it's a quick call to encourage somebody um, I think if we could all do a little bit more of that in encouraging somebody, hey, happy Monday, uh, that'd be a big thing for a lot of people. So. That's
0: part of your theme. I think it's one, one thing, one day, one time. I might be getting it That's wrong. It. Yes. That's it. What yeah. is it?
1: So, yeah, one thing, one day, one time, because our for the 25th Project, our tagline is helping the homeless close to home. So then that leads to the question of, well, how do you do that? And so the way we came, the way we were thinking about it uh, was if you just did, if everybody just did one thing. And I was with my friend Dan and we were talking one day. And uh, I was like, you know, Dan, if everybody would just do one thing. And he and I just bantered that back and forth to figure out what it would, what we could do and how we could encourage other people to do just one thing. And we were thinking one thing, one time, one day. And uh, the the nerd came back out of me and uh, you know I started looking at him like you know one thing one thing and then one day and I was like one thing one day one time so the so the idea behind that is to get people to do something in their community if they don't care about the homeless fine go help autism awareness or go help breast cancer or go help whatever those things are just go do go help puppies, right? Just go do something, and just do that one thing, and just do it one day, and just do it one time. That's all we ask, and that's what we ask as the Twenty Project. If you don't like what's going on, just do. The, for Thanksgiving, we ask you to do one thing: bring a turkey. Just that's one. it. I know sometimes
0: yeah. when um, when we see other people who are doing other things, big things, because if someone were to observe you. the 25th project right now. They would say, oh my gosh, that's a huge thing that you all are doing. But it didn't start there. You're saying it started at the back of a truck with eight plates. Yep. And that was that one thing. That was
1: the one thing, one day, one time. Because I'd never had any intention of going, okay, this is... Because I didn't know. So then after that first Thanksgiving in 2002, I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this again on Christmas. And so that's what I did on Christmas. And then uh, the best story that I have early on is uh, my younger daughter, Leanna, and Marissa's the older. Uh, she was probably three and Marissa was five. And we went out, the three of us. That was our thing, like Christmas Day and Thanksgiving Day. We'd go out, we'd go home, and we'd open up one gift. And then they'd open up their one gift. And then we'd make meals for the homeless. And we might have made ten, we might have made five, whatever we had. That's what we made. And I remember going downtown, and I was, you know, two or three feet away from the truck. And a homeless guy comes up. The windows are down, and they're strapped in their car seats. And the homeless guy comes in and looks in the window and goes, "You guys are doing a good thing." And he's pointed his crooked finger at her. And I look, and I looked in the back, and their, their files, their faces are all smiley and they're just having a great time and it was so that was our thing and we really connected on it and so i thought i'm gonna do this every thanksgiving and i'm gonna do it every christmas and so it just became our deal and so we would every time uh, and, uh, and when we started growing people started coming over to the house and going I brought mashed potatoes, I brought a chi- you know, I brought a turkey, I brought a chicken, whatever so it was. So it wasn't you
0: saying, okay, bring things. People were just offering, yeah, people they was, were doing their one thing right. by bringing something to you because they knew you would get it to the right. people
1: who need yep. it. Yep, and they just brought stuff over. And so, uh, so that was, it just started happening and then more people started showing up and then we're having a mashed potato party at my house because we're peeling it and making <laughs> mashed potatoes and doing that. Um, and so that's just how it started to go. It was just our thing, and so I hope when they have their own kids that they find out what they can do with their kids, whenever that is. Um, but it was just really cool to see them see it all evolve. Um, and then in 2010, we're doing it at my house, and I had 30 people show up on Thanksgiving. My kitchen's way too small for 30 people, so. We had the fire pit going out front or out back and we're just hanging out and getting food ready and then we just we had all this food Um, and that was on thanksgiving and christmas of 2010 was our very first christmas as a 25th project so we came up with the name in 2010 and we're going to uh, uh, do christmas and i told my mom i'm like we're going to do 25 meals and she's like i'm coming up honey And so she brought everybody up. Where was she
0: coming from? She's
1: from from Atlanta. So Mm. she's down in Atlanta. Oh,
0: okay. So she came up from Atlanta to... She did. Wow.
1: Yeah. Her uh, her and my dad came up. Kid brother came up. My niece came up. One of her friends, Miss Anna, flew in for Atlanta from Atlanta because that was it. And then my girls. And uh, I I had no money. There was zero money for Christmas presents. There wasn't a tree. We had no money. And uh, I was like, okay, what are we going to do? And as I, and I prayed. I was like, God, this is your thing. You're going to take care of it. You told me to do it. I'm doing it. You take care of the rest. Take care of the money. And on December 23rd, somebody knocked on my door and goes, Jay here? No, he's working. Give this to him. There's 300 bucks paid for everything. Because I didn't only have to feed 25 homeless folks. I also had to feed my family. And it was a fishes and loaves story, (laughs) right? Uh, There was more food than we knew what to do with. And because somebody had put money in the hand and said, here, I collected this, do it for the 25th project. And so every time, I could could bore you with stories like that. Uh, That there was that many different things where it is a miracle that it actually happened. And so we went, piled in two cars, and went and fed 25 homeless people, knocked, you know, underneath bridges, going here. We didn't do the shelters because we didn't know about them and didn't know where to go, didn't know how to get involved. We just went and found the unsheltered homeless guy living underneath the bridge um, up off of uh, Rock Creek Parkway. So there's two guys that live underneath the bridge there. Mm-hmm. And we went and fed them, sat down, had a conversation.
0: Now, I could assume that most of my listeners know about the fishes and loaves story that Jay just mentioned, but I won't. It's also known as Jesus feeding the 5,000. So briefly, in the Bible, that story is in Matthew 14, verses 13 to 21, and the verses before tell about how Jesus' relative, John the Baptist, was beheaded. And then when Jesus heard about it, he went wanted to go to a solitary place. I'm guessing he was feeling sad. But folks heard he was going somewhere and somehow followed him. So Jesus saw them, had compassion, started healing folks. Then it got late. His disciples, his boys, they were like, you know, these folks got to go. You know, they can't stay here. Jesus was like, well, nah, they don't have to leave. Just give them some food. Yeah, they were outdoors. I don't think they had any McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chickens. All they had were five loaves of bread and two fish. That's all they can come up with. Long story short, Jesus said grace, gave thanks, broke the loaves and fish up. His boys started distributing the food. Somehow everyone ate until they were satisfied and there were leftovers. And since for some reason folks didn't count women and children back in those days, let's just say there were at least 5,000 people. Anyway, that's that story in a nutshell. More with Jay Harriet, founder of the 25th Project, on Planet Now. Now you were saying um, over the phone, I think we were speaking maybe like a month or two ago, I can't remember when, but um, that the homeless population, I remember your words, the words that you used, the homeless population in say Prince William County, that's a county in Virginia for anyone who doesn't know, um, it's out of control, use the words out of control. And that struck me as, you know, that's kind of sobering when you, someone uses the words out of control. What makes you say that, uh, well, first of all, I think one person homeless is too many. Right. But you said out of control. Why out of control?
1: Well, I think uh, I think people, they, Prince William County is doing a great job of trying to get it and, and having services and trying to get things going. Uh, I believe they're doing a great job with, uh, it's just people are being moved out of DC and they're being pushed out because of development. And so wherever they're staying in the woods, they get pushed out because they're not putting new shopping centers up or new houses are going up. And so the development is pushing people out. And so they're being pushed into lower counties, um, uh, and so Prince William County is—it's a oh, big sorry. When space. When you say lower
0: counties, you mean counties with like a lower cost of living, no, or just lower
1: different? south of the district? Oh, okay. So people are just being pushed out. Uh, there's not as much green space for the unsheltered homeless to live in to take a pitch a tent in the woods. It just isn't there, uh, and so people are moving further south. And uh, and I think where they look at things, and I believe they're really trying to. Uh, do a great job in trying to get services for the homeless um, they, uh, I think that where they uh, where it lacks is there's not enough groups like that want to help other people um, I mean we have a guy that wants to do his, he's homeless and he's got his own outreach and so he's trying to help, he's trying to collect clothes so he can give that to the other homeless people that are that are in his uh, area. So that's a homeless guy trying to set up an outreach to do outreach to other homeless people. That to me is pretty remarkable that uh, someone's willing to do that in that situation.
0: So sidebar, but not really a sidebar. Wherever you are, you can do your one thing <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> to
0: make somebody's life yes. better. Yep.
1: Yeah, And, it's, uh, and th- there's a variety. I mean, take a can of soup and a pair of socks and tie it up in a bag. And when you see that person at the stoplight, just pass it out to them.
0: And you have something like that. Where we right. do what is it called soup and soup
1: and socks. soup and socks. So February 25th is we want it to be National soup and Socks Day. And what we're trying to do is just we in the homeless area that we service here in the DC area, we take hot soup and we take it. But we've had other people sign up uh, to do soup and socks and they sent uh, we, we were in four countries. 29 states and 55 cities that people signed up on, the, on our website, Soup and Socks, and they went out and bought a can of soup, bought a pair of socks. I did a, a video of me going to a store, to the grocery store, or going to Walmart or wherever, and uh, got a can of soup. Here's a picture, a selfie with a can of soup, and here's socks, and for $6.67 I showed the receipt that it's the smallest thing. You know? and we sit back and go, this is it, this is my receipt. I got one can of soup, two pairs of socks for 7.67. you can do this too.
0: And are, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. it was easy,
1: you know, it's something small.
0: Why are socks so important?
1: Um, that's the leading thing that homeless, uh, homeless shelters, homeless folks all need, is their socks. Uh, they can use them for their hands. Uh, if, if they're out in the cold, they can use socks for their hands. Uh, obviously for their feet, you can layer them up. Uh, they, the socks are getting dirty quick, they can just throw them out and get another pair. Uh, so socks are the easiest thing to really uh, to really use. Uh, that that uh, most of the homeless people need socks. And it doesn't really matter where you are, whether you're in Southern California or Florida or DC, uh, everybody needs socks. And so it's an easy, it's, and it's a small purchase, one size fits all mostly. It's an easy purchase. You don't worry about colors. If you do want colors, you want black socks, darker socks, because the white socks will show all the dirt. (laughs) Right? I I learned that from our friends in the woods. Uh, They were like, if you get a socks, get black socks. I'm like, and I said, same thing. Why? And they're like, the dirt. Okay. Yeah. Black socks. We can do that. And so, and, and, and socks are, they're easy. That's an easy thing to do. Let's you can get
0: a multiple pack. I guess a pack of six, pack of ten. However, yeah. however they sell them. Yeah, it's easy. Okay. And so now let's talk about um, talk about numbers um, because uh, I'm from LA mm-hmm. and I've always heard about Skid Row mm-hmm. growing up. Yep. But uh, I was there earlier in October. Right. And I just remember seeing. At least it appeared to me to be more more homeless people, more tent encampments just right. set up along, along just a random street. Right. And I'm not exactly sure if it's because there are more or because folks are being moved from the areas where they used to be um, because of, like you said, development, you know, instead of an abandoned building or an old building with, you know, um, like a mom-and-pop shop. Now it's their lofts, right. you know, and in areas where they're actually tearing buildings down and building them up, um, building up new ones. Um, so I don't know if the numbers are increased or if I'm just my perception is just, you know, seeing it appears that I'm seeing more. Right? But I, am I really seeing more? I guess that's my that's right. my question.
1: So. Yeah, I think I think you do see more. Uh, in uh, end and homelessness dot org is where I got my numbers. And, and I round it up, round it down. Uh, but California, 129,000 people that are homeless uh, in California. That's uh, like a city. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, uh, my sister lives in a city. It's got 1,200 people. So, yeah, lots of them. And so, um, but when you sit back and look, that Virginia, there's 6,000 unsheltered homeless people. D.C., there's 7,100. Uh, Maryland, about 7,200 uh, that that's that's a lot of people, but in in California, it's just the population of Sa- in San Francisco and LA, San Diego. It just keeps growing. Uh, why is it? Uh, weather? It's better. You know, uh, if you're going to be out on the street, that's why Florida's got a problem. Florida's got uh, thirty-one thousand homeless people.
0: So the stories uh, I would hear as a child about someone being released, say from um, a mental institution, given what given a one way ticket to right. L. A. or yeah. a warmer place. That's not. I'm just not. That there's actually truth to that. Well, there there was a
1: there, was a there was a thing in New York City uh, or in New York that they were talking about this in the news uh, Monday that they were talking about that there was a um, about how New York is shipping people to other places to get them out of their place. We have New York's got a population of 91,000 homeless people. And That's New York as a state. So not the city, but as a state. But they are they were shipping them out. And so and they, it was on the news, uh, CNN, the other day. Uh, I think it was Monday. And so they, they don't want to deal with the problem either. And if you're going to deal with homelessness, um, you know, there's people, I have friends that are in the mental health business, mm-hmm. and so It is mental. There are some mental health issues. There are addiction problems. And so we've got to get to the root cause of what's going on uh, with homelessness. I'm not a mental health person. I'm a knucklehead that had an idea to go out and help some some people. And then the idea seems to be like a pretty good idea. And we've got a pretty good program. Uh, We've helped 10 people get out of the woods in the last five years. Uh, And we do that by mentoring and kind of putting our arm around them and going, let's walk through this thing together. And, and just by, and when I, I say our homeless friends, because they, a lot of them have become my friends. I text them on a daily basis. How you doing? What's going on? And it's not a, the 25th, yeah, comes once a month, but it's, it's almost a daily thing for me that when I'm talking to them and yes, our group meets on the 25th, but they're talking to me and calling me almost on a daily basis where they're my friends and so and I and I want to help my friends I want to help them do well and so I always refer to folks as my homeless friends because that's what it is Um, and and so we're and we're I'm proud of that because it takes time and you've got to care about somebody and if you don't if people don't know that you care forget it but as soon as they know you care that's when you can make a difference in their life is they see that you care about them Um, And I think it's just important that we all if everybody just talk to their neighbor every once in a while uh, and check up on the lady next door, make sure she's okay, uh, make sure that people across the street are doing good. Uh, You know, we just need to have more community. And I think that's what we're missing. And I think the homeless guys, they have their own community. Uh, uh, Sebastian Younger wrote a book called Tribe. And if you haven't read it, I'd recommend you read it. Uh, and so when you look at that book, it's about how people are tribal in nature. And our homeless guys and gals, they become, that's their tribe. And that's who they, where they focus in. And that's, that's it. Uh, so it's very, it's a, it's a great read. You should read it. Um, and so when you look at how the homelessness is, is if, um, remember Bruce Hornsby in the Range had that song back in the 80s, you know homeless guy on the street, rich guy walks by, get a job, that type of thing, Mm -hmm. right? Remember that Mm -hmm.
0: song? I want to talk about that, uh, like, myths. Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean,
1: that's when, like, back in my mind, mid-80s, when that song came out, I mean, it was one of my favorites at the time, but I didn't realize what that would do later in life when you think, I'm helping out these homeless guys and gals to just see what's going on, Um, you know, because... You have to sit back, and we've got to figure out how to end homelessness, right? Do
0: you, you think that that's possible? I mean, I have to ask: um, is it is it possible to what, to one hundred percent end it? What if someone I, just what I'm, if someone <laughs> <laughs> prefers to live on the street? I,
1: I agree, and there are some, right? So the ones that you can help, that really care, yeah, that you really care about, and that and, and I care about them all. But there's different ones that they're either mental health, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, whatever. Uh, they're gonna be out there because that's what they choose to do. Okay, no problem. If that, this is America. This is the greatest country in the whole wide world. And if that's where you wanna go live, in the bush underneath there, and the person's cool with you doing it, have at it. Um, but we're trying to help the people that go, I struggled, you know, I, I fell, you know, I tripped over, I couldn't do, and we're trying to say, okay, we're gonna help you out. And uh, it, it leads us to another side of that conversation uh, where, well, how do you do that? This is that one thing, one day, one time. How do I do that? I do that, or helping the homeless close to the home. How do I do that one thing, one day, one time? Um, and what we're trying to do is, a friend of mine, Dan, says there's a lot of therapy at the end of a shovel. And so we, what we wanna do is have an organic farm and we want to be able to have this organic farm, and that the homeless guys would work at, and then we'll sell everything to the organic grocery stores, which have already said we'll buy whatever you got. Uh,
0: oh, some of the some organic grocery stores in the area. Are going oh yeah, to? yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They
1: said you grow this organic, we'll buy everything you got. So that creates a revenue stream, so that then we can pay the homeless guys to be able to work and do this stuff, and as they're working and kind of rehabilitating themselves when when someone goes to a shelter they sit there the TVs on there might be a computer if they know how to work a computer then they can go over and do that Um, and or the TVs on and they sit there I've seen it I've served dinners at the homeless places where they're sitting there just watching TV mindless TV and not engaging their brain And so if we can help them to engage their brain uh, and get them back, but that's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take us putting your arm around them and walking through it with them. And we need more volunteers that could say, I can do my one thing one day, one time, by spending time with this person or this person and trying to help them. And if the person just doesn't want help, I mean, there's a couple of them that don't want any help that I know. But they still ask me for propane. They still ask me for a coat they still ask me for water so we can do that too and so I think we can help them but then there's those that come and go I got to get out of here and as soon as they or get in to that a situation point,
0: and they just absolutely don't want to Right. that they hate it. they didn't choose it
1: yeah and they go Wah! yeah did they choose it Yeah. You know, living in the friggin woods you know so I don't know how you I know how some of them get there but it's just that's where they have landed is that, is that fair you know they landed there. There was no other place to go, but in the woods, and so uh, and that's and that's hard. I mean, it's it's a hard hard existence to be out there,
0: even with the propane tanks. I've seen some of the setups. I think you have some videos mm-hmm. up on your site and. The setups are really elaborate. Yeah, really yeah. elaborate. Like nice, nice, uh, nice tarp, and yeah. there's a heater inside, yeah. and I think one person even had a TV. Oh yeah, and it's it's a home generator. It just happens to be based in the woods.
1: Yeah, so you say home. Um, forgive me of if souls. I'm rambling too, <laughs> right? So this one gal comes up to me. She's as big as my pinky, right? Really, uh, she she's a big red dog. Um, and just great, love her to death, and one day, 2011, 2012, my mom was up, and we went walking, it was the summertime, we went walking there, and this lady comes up to me, and she goes, well, I want to take you to my house, I just moved, and I'm like, all right, let's go, and so me and my mom are walking into the woods, and so she takes me over there, and when, when this gal hugs your neck, you've been hugged, right? She grabbed on hold, like you're tapping out. She's getting ready to take you down. And uh, you know you've been hugged and, but in there, I mean, she had a big old tent and what you need, and I know a lot of people think that the big tents are bad to have, but this is all their stuff. Try to get all your stuff into your car. You're going to leave something, you know, so this is all their stuff. And I walk. we walked back and shoot. this, this gal was like, here's my new house. And it's this tent in the woods. It's their home. Yeah. That's what it is. And so when they say, you know, this is what it is, this is homelessness, that technically they have a home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a tent. And that's where they decide to live. I mean, people do it in Alaska. People do it wherever and they have tents and that's what they decide to live in. So it seems to
0: be human nature to want to have some place to call right. home. I right. mean, whether your home is here and that it moves, whether you're nomadic, there's right, right. You need a place to. It, it seems it, to be natural to need a place to settle, and yeah. just to be. Even right, if just it to be. Changes yep. location. Correct. Yeah.
1: And so, so the the bad part, uh, the bad parts of that is one of the gals that was out there got raped. Someone cut her tent and went in, and she got raped. And this happens, not, I mean, I've heard this many places, not just like an, in the D.C. area, but... Like an issue where... Yeah, yeah, people, where the, the, the abuse that's, that happens out there, uh, and c- could you go to a shelter? Certainly, they can go to shelters. And uh, shelters, um, it, it puts the Band-Aid on it. It's not symptomatically helping out what's going on. They're not, they don't have a person that can sit down there and level with them one-to-one. Hey, what the heck's going on in your world? How can we help? That's what we need. That's what we need is we need the mental health people that can go, hey, I'm willing to help out. And it's onesie-twosie. It's hard work. It's not, uh, you know, and a lot of times you're going to get uh, used in that situation.
0: What do you mean by...
1: You just gotta, you just gotta know that if you're giving it to somebody, you're giving it. You're not loaning it. Just give them the money. You mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. give it, give them the tent, and don't think that tent's coming back.
0: Right. Give uh,
1: them the sleeping bag and it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you think it's coming back to you, you'll be disappointed every time. Uh, so just give it away, and you know, I, I have stuff in my car a lot of the times that if someone needs it, I'll, yeah, here you go. Here's a tent. Take it. You know, go, help yourself. Get going. And then, you know, we've helped them put their tents up. We've helped them do everything from mm-hmm. building the tent, putting the tarp on it, helping them with the generators so they can charge their phone, or if they had a TV, uh, that they can at least have something to do when it's rainy and it's nine degrees outside or snowing in
0: I was reading an article last night or earlier this morning um, about, I think, one person died. I can't I think this was from 2018. I want to say it was a Post article. Um, you hear people passing away when it's too cold. Right, yeah, um, hypothermia. And a, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes that stuff comes across our desk at work. Sure. Um, also, if the generator is hooked up incorrectly, mm-hmm. you know, there can be what I guess carbon monoxide poisoning, mm-hmm. or yeah. if there's, you know, propane tanks are hooked up incorrectly. Yeah, the, the there's also that yes, educational that's component too. Yeah.
1: And, and so you want to make sure that you're, we do propane for, for the homeless folks. We exchange out their tanks, um, but we have a mechanism so that we're doing it safely and so that it's not, uh, we had four or five deaths like five years ago. Uh Along people the same died year? Or? All the same winter. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. Um, where they all died of hypothermia mm-hmm. and myself and a couple other people all chatted about this and we got the group together and uh, when we got the group together to talk about this hypothermia thing and propane and we really made it our mission that year to not have any more hypothermia deaths so that's why we really start pushing the propane in November uh, so that we can uh, start getting it out get cold nights and then we carry propane on until probably Beginning of April, mid-April, because it's still pretty chilly at night in April. And occasional area, snow too. Right? Yeah, occasional. And so that's why we do propane. So I was just bound and determined to not have a hypothermia death due to the guy didn't have propane in their in their tent. And so, uh, so that's why we really push on that.
0: How long does propane uh, tanks
1: last? Mm. The propane tanks last. Uh, Depend upon usage, obviously, right? So the little ones last about six hours on the on the heater unit. Uh,
0: like it's like a water them?
1: bottle size, maybe a little fatter than a water bottle. Oh, like, yeah, it's oh, a little bit fatter.
0: Really? It's, yeah, oh, a little those bit are so, fatter. So tiny. Yeah, uh,
1: but those will last like six hours. But the big tanks, like your your gas grill, propane tank, the big white ones, um, Blue Rhino or whatever, um, the other one, Marigas. Uh, Those last about 36 to 44 hours of heating in the little buddy heaters that people use uh, for their tents. So those, and it depends upon usage. Now, if you're going to sit in your tent all day, uh, you can freeze your ass off, and it's going to be, it's going to last a day and a half, right? Um, But most of them last in that range of 36 to 44 hours or so. And so, and then we just exchange them out. Uh, we get them filled at a, a local LP company uh, and then uh, liquid, liquid propane gas. And so we take them and get them refilled there. And then once they hit a certain age and we keep dates on them, we write dates on when we exchange them out. And then we take those and swap those out uh, and get a new tank from uh, what's it called Blue Rhino. And so we flipped that out, and we partnered with Blue Rhino a couple of years ago. Blue Rhino was great. They came down and they had 50 tanks of brand new tanks, and I was like, "Listen, take these old 51, these old 50." And they're like, "Oh, we weren't expecting any tanks back. You can have these 50. You oh, just wow. give me the new tanks." Yeah, they were great. Blue Rhino's the best. Yeah, cool. They're really good.
0: Cool. So um, let's go back and talk about some myths about folks without traditional homes. Okay. Or myths um, about the unsheltered homeless. Things that I've heard growing up, and this is not correct language. Oh, they're crazy. They're lazy. Why don't you get a job? Mm-hmm. Why don't? What are some myths about homeless? Just reading, every person has a story, right. and every person's story is different. Yeah. And like you said, like we were saying before, the reason that a person might end up on the street, you know. Or in the woods, right? They're different. I mean, you can probably draw some parallels, but when you, you know, when you boil it down, every person has a different story. Right,
1: right. Yeah, it's and it's and it's getting them to tell you what that story is, mm-hmm. and and that's through a process of time. Uh, people, I mean, if someone came up to me and goes, "What's your story?" I, I'd would probably tell them, uh, but mm-hmm. most people aren't going to tell them. I'd I'd probably just sit there and start talking. Um,
0: Seem like an open book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, it, at this point, it is where we are is where we are, right? So nothing's going to change. Um, and if they gave me a cigar, then i definitely tell them everything. You know, I'll, I'll tell them where the fleet is. I'll tell them everything, you know, if they give me a cigar. Um, and so, you know, so you have to um, you have to earn people's trust, like everything. And just I think uh, one of the myths that bothers me to my core is that they aren't treated as people well they're God's people right, and so there's still a person, there's still a soul there, right, and so there's that person still needs to be cared for in some way, somehow Well, we need to figure out how to do that and we need to figure out how to do that um, and we just gotta figure out how to connect And I think everybody has their story and we can all talk and try to figure out there's a connection point somewhere. Was it uh, a parent died way too early, right? Uh, Did that happen? Certainly. Um, Did they get stuck on drugs or started smoking and then got into this? And then um, it just got further and further away Uh, Was there abuse in the home? Uh, Could be. Uh, You know, was there um, alcohol being abused? Uh, You know, those are all mitigating factors in what's happening with any of us, right? There could be something that happens where it could be me that's living out there. I mean, I had the eviction notice on my door, so I was about ready to have to go out to the woods at one point. Um, And so that's what you've got to figure out where that connection point is. And the only way you'll do that is spend some time with somebody. And so if you're on your way to work and you see the guy with the sign every day and he's in the same place, there's one guy that I know, he's in the exact same place for about six hours a day, uh, every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday too. And he has his sign up and and, uh, he's got all that. Um, we need to make that relationship. I see them all the time. You know, hey, give them a McDonald's gift card or, you know, Panera gift card. And go here, you go. Go here's some soup. Here's some socks. You know, you need a sleeping bag. And I carry stuff. And then uh, a friend of mine, she moved out of town, um, went down to uh, Norfolk area, and she called me one time and she was like, or texted me, and she's like, you inspired me. I'm like, me? And she said, yeah. She said. Uh, you inspired me because uh, I'm gonna do what you did soup and socks down here and I was like okay and she's like but I'm gonna do this and this is what I'm gonna do and so she has like a female um, bag if there's a homeless female there she can has girl supplies in it and then she has a male bag too it's got you know deodorant whatever uh, for guys and so she's like I want to I want to do that and that was her thing and she started doing that and so uh, and that's uh that's that's her thing now is she's got a little baggie in her car and here you go you need this here you go you need this one thing, So one thing
0: one day or several days it yeah, of life yeah
1: but that's you know that's how it uh, that's how it all works is just and if we can you see that same guy right um in my van i have uh one of the people that uh, got out of the woods,
0: mm-hmm. I went. You said about ten, one of the ten people? Right, written. yeah.
1: One of them that got out, uh, when they left their tent, I went, because I was like, really, you're out? You're good? And they were like, yeah, well, I'm good. I got out. And uh, one guy texted me a couple months ago. I don't know if I sent you that text, but the guy sent me a text, and he was like, because of what you did to help me out with, you know, X, Y, and Z, propane, coats, whatever. He was like, I'm out. He's like, I'm working, I'm paying rent, and I'm out. And he's like, thank you so much. I'm so blessed that, you know, you guys helped me out. And which, I, I, you love to hear that story. and it's. Uh, but I went to this one person's tent, and I found their cardboard sign that they have. You know, homeless, food, God bless, whatever the sign says. And I have that in my van, because I don't want that person to ever come back out. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of one of those things that, I went to their tent, the tent was empty, and there's you know, some, a sock or two left around, and I saw this cardboard, and I was like, I'm taking that, because I don't ever want them to come back out and get this thing. And so I have it in my van today. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's cool to be able to know that we've had some little tiny bit, and if, uh, if we would all just take care of our little corner of the world, the place is a better spot.
0: So we yeah. don't necessarily have to aim. I mean, you didn't aim to do anything that right. was spanning, you know, two different counties Mar- D.C., Maryland, Virginia—in right. a whole region. And that wasn't your intent, but right. you just did.
1: One thing, one day, one time. Every, you know, and uh, it's just. But if we all just do our little corner, take care of the neighbor next door. Take it if someone's elderly, take care of them. See what's going on, and just go see. If, but if we all just take care of our little corner. Um, it'll. It would be a, We'll be in a better spot. Everybody would be better off. I think that's
0: we a lot of that is missing nowadays.
1: Yeah, it's. You know, nobody gives a crap about anybody. It's we're a very myopic society, and uh, for people to go out and actually do stuff to help other people. No, during Thanksgiving and Christmas, everybody wants to help, right? And that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, I love that. I need you in March, right? I need you in April and May and June when it's hot. I need water in July and August. Um, a couple of our churches, that's their mission, is over the summer they get water. And their parishioners come in, bring big cases of water, and the church calls me up and goes, hey, come pick up your water. And I go down, drive the van down there, throw 30 cases of water in the car, and we go give it to the homeless folks. Um, that's their one thing. You know, that's, they, they do water. And she calls me and she's like, I got water this summer. Don't worry. Cool. I still probably have 10 cases of water left that we're still trying to get out. And so, um, you know, so everybody just does their little piece in their little corner, talk about it. Uh, it's, it's good. It's, uh, it's a great thing that we can all help. And that's, it's so simple. Just simple. Easy. Get a can of soup. Get a pair of socks. Figure it out seven dollars and sixty seven cents it's easy
0: thanks for listening to planet Now, where it's all about the people places things and ideas that teach us prompt us to make a difference and do more with what life presents today's guest jay harriet founder of the 25th project now we met through work and i've interviewed him for work and wanted to talk a bit more with him for the podcast now As we wrap up, there is a sad note to mention. Um, I got a text from Jay during the month of February this month, and he told me that the homeless guy that he mentioned, the one who was collecting clothes and other items to give to his fellow homeless residents, well, he fell ill, and his name was Mike. Well, Mike passed away on February 6th, Jay tells me. Now, I never met Mike I know Jay brought him up in uh, previous conversations. I never met him, but I'm mentioning him here because, well, his life mattered. And the work that he was trying to do with his fellow homeless friends, it mattered. Just a brief moment of silence in honor of Mike. Now, if you want to check out the 25th Project's website and Facebook page, And links to some other items Jay mentioned, like homeless numbers from the 50 states and the District of Columbia. You can go to planetnown.com to get that information. There's also sign-up info for Soup and Socks, which is coming up on February 25th. I'm Liz Anderson, host of the Planet Noun podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're on SoundCloud. And you can stop by Apple Podcasts and rate the show. Thanks again for stopping by. And until next time, take care.